On this episode, we discuss Jiu-Jitsu. The movie that's not so much a movie as a video catalog of demos of martial artists you can invite to your child's birthday party. <laughs> it's called Slamio. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone and welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. Oh, hey there, Dan McCoy. It's me, Stuart Wellington, and I'm Elliot Kalen, of course. But we've also got a fourth person with us today. What? Huh? That's Who right. is it? The, it's the Lord. Thank you very much for shining on us, for giving uh-huh. us these blessings, for making yep. all the great things in our lives possible. Also, we've got with us friend of the podcast, fellow Max Fun host. That's right, the host of Jordan Jesse Go. This is the author of the new hit bubble graphic novel. That's right, Jordan Morris. Hi, everybody. Praise Brax. Praise Brax. <laughs> Praise Brax. That's, that's a reference you'll understand later in the episode, <laughs> listeners. That's right, dear listeners. That'll be funny on, rich- upon a second listen. <laughs> uh, Jordan, thanks so much the, uh, for joining us. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, having a lot of fun. Is this, is this, would you call this what we're doing, Cagemus in July? This uh, is indeed... Our official Cagemus in July episode, the thing that we do most years, if I don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're here for a very special Cagemus uh, in July, partly because there's it's a movie with, I guess, the USDA minimum required amount of Nicolas Cage <laughs> to make it a, a Cagemus in July movie. This would not fly as a Cagemus movie. The Cagemus in July, yes. Are you excited to be here for a, for this lesser Cagemus holiday? It is. It's a real thrill to be here Uh on this lesser episode, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you're, yep. you're, but you're raising it up to normal Oh, level. thank you. So yeah, you well, go. I was going to say uh-huh. the pressure's a little lower, so I can just, <laughs> you know, uh, kind of be myself, which is nice. Uh, I don't have to feel like I have to be on, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this is a real thrill. I mean, I know Cagemus is a very, like, you know, sacred part of the Flophouse <laughs> calendar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cagemus mm-hmm. in July, less so, but still very sacred in its mm-hmm. own it's way. It's secondary. It's the- not a high holy day, but it's like, a, it's an it's a, an observed festival. Thank you. And, yeah. you know, and it's just so nice to be here with three people <laughs> who understand the reason for the season. It's yeah. like Cagemus has gotten so commercial, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Less know, commercially a- successful, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to be here just just to celebrate. Yeah, that's very sweet. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, Audrey was pointing out, though, like, uh, Nick Cage. Audrey, too, the to plant be- from Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> yeah, my, <laughs> my roommate, Audrey, too, the large plant. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, uh, she was saying that, like, it seemed that Nick Cage is on, like, a bit of an upswing. Maybe he had has paid off his castles because, like, mm-hmm. you know, the last few things he's been doing have been, like, more interesting, more, like, you know they don't don't they don't appear to be the same like direct to video like shot in Belgrade nonsense yeah. that he was doing for a while. So I I, I was wondering like will the cage must well dry up in further years? Yeah, maybe he sold off all the cursed trinkets he had been collecting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this we did apparently we did scientists did predict that somewhat we'd reach peak cage miss and then there would be lessening uh, production levels of cage mm-hmm. miss yeah. from that point on. It's possible we've hit that point, and we're going to have to turn to alternative uh, schlock 
production sources. Uh, John Cusack, very possible. Mm-hmm. We're looking at you, yeah. Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah, Liam Neeson. Oh, boy, yeah, Liam Neeson is, he's on the edge of picking up that slack. Yeah, and then Bruce yeah. Willis is kind of hanging out by the red box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Bruce, Bruce I, I think I think that it, it may, Bruce Willis is probably the best candidate to take over because he is so openly like, pay this X <laughs> amount of money and I will be in your movie. Right. And I don't care yeah. what it is. And if I have to smile, it costs extra. <laughs> but if Although, I could just be bald I, and frowny, yeah, that's what I do now. Unlike Nicolas Cage, like you can tell that that is Bruce Willis's attitude on screen. Sometimes you'll get that Cage, but many times you'll like Nick Cage will show up and do like a great job in a piece of schlock. Mm-hmm. Like I actually thought that in this movie that we're talking about today, he seems committed to it. Oh, Spoiler if, alert! It was. I thought. I thought this was one of the one of the more fun Nick. Cage performances we've had on the podcast in a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a blast. It's yeah. a real blast. I mean, the movie is a, a mixed bag that I, I'm sure will... A mixed martial arts bag. A mixed martial yeah. arts bag, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I keep getting ads for those in my Instagram feed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you order one, and suddenly they think that you need a ton of them. Uh, that's yep. true. If Nicolas Cage had been the star of this movie, this would have been... It would have been a super... Fun movie. He brings a lot of he brings a lot of uh, Cage energy right. to this one. If it was just Cage and Tony Jaw wandering the countryside yes. hunting Man. for yeah. Brax, yeah. The, mm-hmm. I I like one of my main problems with this movie was the the idea that our wooden lead was the guy and not Tony Jaw that we're supposed yes. to believe that yes. this guy was the one who could defeat the alien. Well, let's get let's talk about the movie because we'll get to that. I think that's probably an yeah. issue we all had that Tony Jaw, who's amazing, although. I don't want this to be a Jackie Chan situation where we spent a whole episode talking about how great he is, and then he turned out to be a guy that is not so great. Uh, outside, we, don't, we haven't been following his politics. Yeah. No, yeah, because I, because, uh, but, but it, it, there are. You know who I love? Kevin Sorbo. I mean, I don't <laughs> oh, follow no. him on Twitter no, or anything. Uh, but giving, Kevin Sorbo. Giving you the cut it off hand <laughs> what are you motion. Doing? I mean, there's a James reason that Woods those, is just uh, one of our finest actors, and I want to endorse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And let's not forget Emil Jannings. <laughs> he was a he was a Nazi uh, collaborator. Anyway, Thanks. so Thanks, the yeah. uh, so the we'll get to that. But there is a, you will hang over the whole movie is a sense of why this guy as the lead and not again Tony Jaw. So the movie starts out it's a little disjointed. A comet is heading towards Earth. We don't have time for that. A guy who will later learn will be the lead hero is running from some CGI shurikens that are being thrown <laughs> at him, and mm-hmm. they chase him right off a cliff. And then you get the title and the credits for the movie. Uh, you know it's going to be a big budget movie when you the credit title sequence is made up of shots from the movie you're about to see. That's always, yeah. that's always a good sign yeah. that you're going to see a quality film. And I well, know and a lot of sorry, a lot of the stuff uh, showing the comet coming to Earth is done in comic book style, which uh, only makes sense because this was based on a comic book. Otherwise, as oh, a it's based on a comic picture, book. It doesn't really do anything. Yeah, it's actually it's it's actually based on Mouse. <laughs> oh, no wow. kidding! Yeah, they now took that, a, I mean, a lot of a yeah, lot this of liberties. Right? <laughs> yeah, this is a very left of center Ghost World adaptation. <laughs> we need to reboot Ghost World. They're like, we've got the Love and Rockets license, but we want to do a kung fu movie. <laughs> uh, yes, you know what? We'll be we'll be we'll be very loose with it. We'll be loose with it. We'll call it we'll call it Stone Soup, and but it'll, it'll mostly be jujitsu stuff. It's uh, I know. You know, all, all of these kind of red boxy cage movies, you get the impression that maybe they're like money laundering operations, you mm-hmm. know? It's like, what's the economics of these? Like, why are we 
flying Nicolas Cage to the Ukraine every, mm-hmm. you know, five times a year well, to make these movies. Considering, according to Wikipedia, this apparently, according to Wikipedia, this movie had a budget of $25 million and a box office take of slightly less than $100,000. Oh, dear. So it re- that does lend credence to the money laundering uh, hypothesis, which I, I'm going to call the Morris Theorem. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, hey, I have a theorem. Oh, I've always yeah. wanted a theorem. Yeah. But the two of the production company titles kind of suggest this. Two of the production companies behind this are Ladero Investments. Yes, that was, <laughs> it's rare that you see a production company logo for an investment firm. Right, yeah. yeah. And then Doubletree Entertainment, <laughs> the commuter hotel <laughs> yeah. that gives you a warm cookie. You got to have uh, yeah, Yeah, I guess breakfast is covered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah. so the movie starts. We get, as Dan mentioned, we get these comic book panel transitions, which it's much like uh, the original uh, idea Warriors. behind the war- the Warriors was to have that kind of stuff. Or in Ang Lee's Hulk, there's some kind of stuff like that. Right. It never really works, and it doesn't really work here. We get to the first especially, section, especially yeah. now since like I don't know, like seventy percent of all pop culture is based on graphic novels. Yeah. And comics. Well, they're also like the cheapest looking drawings, too. It looks yeah. like. I mean, know. hopefully, even more considering that our two co hosts <laughs> today are uh, authors of graphic novels. Yeah, hopefully, oh, yeah. the two big hit tenfold movies of 2023 will be Bubble and Maniac of New York, or perhaps <laughs> yeah. Maniac of New York goes to Bubble. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, the, that's start the with a crossover we've all been waiting yeah. for. If the Flintstones can meet the universe. Jetsons, anything can happen. Anything's possible. Anything. Uh, so, these comic book transitions uh, Nicolas Cage is in a huge hat on a fishing boat, and he rescues this guy who fell off the cliff out of the water. Say goodbye to Nick Cage for a while. You're not going to see him for like an hour. Uh, the the fisherman's wife uh, takes him to a U.S. soldier base that's in this, That's it, they're in who's, Burma. Who's my Fisherman's other favorite wife. character, by the way? The fisherman's wife? She's the fisherman's great. wife. Yeah, oh, she she's fit, I mean, she's got a real uh, lucky grandma energy in that she yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> she takes, she is, she is an elderly Asian lady who takes no guff from anybody. The reason <laughs> she speaks with subtitles and Words will be highlighted with different colors. The subtitles are in the middle of the screen. Yes. Like in, they're in blocks. They're not on the bottom. And different words will be highlighted. And it's just a very comic booky way to do subtitles. And well, I wish they'd also, done all the way and had word balloons just come, sticking out of her mouth with the words <laughs> in it. Many of yeah. the words that are highlighted, too, seem to be highlighted at random. Like, sometimes it's for <laughs> emphasis, and sometimes it's like, why would you put that as the important word of the sentence? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Take him to bed. <laughs> All right. no, that's, that's how she said it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she tries to tell the soldiers, uh, but the interpreter they have, played by um, what's his name from My Name Is Earl. Uh, yeah, the, the crab man character. I don't know his playing a character name, named but... Tex. Yeah. yeah. To, so he, uh, he he's not a very good interpreter. She tells these soldiers every six years the comet passes overhead and a hole opens in a temple and the warrior of death comes through and. This is information that will be repeated to us multiple times throughout the movie <laughs> in case we are lost in the Byzantine right. twists and turns of the almost plotless yeah. film that we're about to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is a very simple plot, but at the same time, there's like many things about it that I that confused me about, you know, like, I guess how we'll get into it, but I guess Nick Cage is a survivor of a previous time, yes. and I'm like, how? <laughs> but, well, he's clearly but anyway. let himself go. But anyway, okay, well, so... 
Well, he, he explains how, okay, so there's this army intelligence lady. She's trying to question this mysterious guy. We later learn his name is Jake, so let's just call him Jake. Uh, you can how, tell many, how many Jakes do you guys know in real life? I feel like well, Jake is only a movie name. I, know, I mean, I do have a stepbrother yeah. named Jake. Okay, well, <laughs> and there also, goes my theory. And there's Body by Jake, so that's two right oh, there. Yeah. Jake yeah. and the Fat Man, but I guess that's uh-huh. not Jake a real Gyllenhaal, person. I don't really know him, but I know of him. Sure. You know? And there's, there's a Jake. fellow with a snake. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're thinking of Jake Akonda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Dwayne the Jake Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes, I have to call myself Dwayne Johnson in the movies because the WWE owns the copyright to Jake. <laughs> All right. Well, that is not that is not a new addition to the Morris theorem. I guess Jakes exist in the yeah, real the, world. Yeah, the, 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 the Jake corollary has been disproven. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this this lady is like, hey, you're gonna tell me everything you know about this. We and we found this electronic thingy on you. And he goes, I don't know what that is. We never find out what it is. It doesn't matter. Uh, but she like she, shows it to him, and he's like, Yeah, this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> but she's otherwise, also, like immediately super aggressive. I mean, I know that he's been he's on like the secret military base, but she's immediately super like suspicious and aggressive towards him. And he's just like a guy who was found like unconscious, who was dropped yeah. off there. He was he was brought to them. It's not like he snuck in. They're, but, uh, they're very yeah. suspicious of his rub-on tattoo. For yeah. some reason, they see this very basic-looking tattoo he has of like a skull and a snake. Looks uh-huh. like something he got out of a vending machine. It's some of the <laughs> worst makeup ever. And that, mm-hmm. for some reason, that makes her suspicious. Like, we've got to find out about this tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. her commanding officer's like, did you even ask him about the tattoo? She's like, I'm getting to it, okay? <laughs> Chill <laughs> I've out. Got to, I've got to build a rapport before we can start talking about <laughs> you tattoos. You can't just immediately ask about someone's tattoo. People don't get tattoos to draw attention so that other people will ask them about <laughs> them. She doesn't mm-hmm. understand tattoos is what I'm saying. Uh, so... That what we will later find out is there's uranium in the area, and that's why there's a top secret U.S. military mission to hang out and just kind of make sure the uranium stays in the ground. Sure, I yeah. Make sure Absorb no tattooed people get near it. Yeah. Oh, I guess there's plutonium. It's plutonium. Anyway, uh, he's got no memory, but somehow he has incredible fighting skills. And the first of a number of jujitsu demo scenes, he just beats up a bunch of no, a, a bunch of soldiers. And it made me re- realize. And there's a scene later on that made me realize more. There's a lot of action movies where the hero has to beat up U.S. soldiers, which seems weird because you'd think the audience for a lot of these action movies is a pro-U.S. soldier audience. But it's like how in Triple uh, X, The Return of Xander Cage, another cage, unrelated, uh, there's a part where he just pushes a whole bunch of soldiers out of a cargo plane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, there's our hero, I guess. Like, I, <laughs> I would imagine that, yes, the, the it's a very support our troops crowd, but also a bunch of people who are into sort of like a DTCB action movie is also are also like rugged inv- individualist types who are like, you know, like I the government's so. not going to push me around. If our it's soldiers just, can't beat up this tattooed fellow, they deserve what they get. Yeah. Yeah. They should come home either with a tattooed fellow dead or on their shields. They do, yep. It's like they don't carry shields into battle. Well, what are we this, doing? There's like a lot of. Well, I feel like almost all the action sequences are like choreographed. You have one guy run up to the hero, the hero mm-hmm. performs some maneuvers on him, and then the, uh, yeah. the next guy comes up. Including, like, I think the final move in this one is he does like a backwards flip kick thing. And yeah. like, you see I it mean, from multiple angles, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. If you didn't step out of the way of that one, and, you know, you like, deserve it. I'd like to say a little bit about. Is, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Oh no! Just uh, the the choreography in this movie, by and large, is is pretty good. There are like some scenes that are I think are very good, and some scenes that are kind of boring. But like it, it pays more attention to fight choreography, which is why a lot of people, including Stuart here, 
love these uh, sort of smaller action movies because it's like where a lot of this stuff is found these days. But the mm-hmm. problem with it often is if it gets really choreographed, you like know that it's choreographed. Like you can, it feels like a dance yeah. rather than uh, a, a fight. And I think our lead is one of the worst people in the movie at not making it seem like just a dance. Yeah, like, that, he doesn't I, that seem was, to be fighting. That was a big issue I had with it, which is that, yeah, at a certain point when it's so heavily choreographed, it does, you. It it's like the only way this is happening is if both people involved in the fight know what all the moves are. As opposed, I kept yeah. thinking of like the raid redemption where when I watch the fights in that, I'm like, these people are trying to kill each other. Yeah. Like yeah. this, whereas in this, it's like, it looks like you're watching a sparring match and then afterwards it's going to be like, so kids, is karate for you? Sign up right over yeah. there. You got to <laughs> buy the you got to buy the uniform. I'm going to need $25. Confidence, the fitness. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, I, I and also it is it is it is tough to buy the the fact that he's fighting military guys because this entire military base seems to have Two guns that they share between everyone, <laughs> but everyone has a knife. There's so much yeah. running at guys with knives, like big crocodile Dundee knives. Of like, this army is terribly underfunded. They no, should have at least more than two guns. Well, normally, yeah. After after the sixth guy gets beaten up hand to hand, the seventh guy will just shoot. The, right. The yeah. Guy who's doing fun, the like, up. Maybe we should use that gun. I will say the one time I was in Afghanistan uh, performing stand-up comedy for the troops when there was a war you weren't going on you there. weren't performing martial arts. In, no, it's not performing martial arts. There was <laughs> it one, wasn't some it, kind of martial arts demo where you like <laughs> the phone book and yeah, had it was, at the end. <laughs> yeah, it was all. Hey, so army get, guys, maybe karate's for you. Look Confidence, at this. Confidence, fitness. <laughs> Sign up. Look, the strength of Christ is helping me rip this phone book in half. Take a look. Wow. Want to sign up? But uh, they, there was one, the only time I was ever scared by any of the people that I met, this one guy had a huge knife, and he was like, I really, the only thing I haven't gotten to do yet is I haven't had a knife kill. I almost had one, and then someone else shot him. And I was like, mm, I want you to stay here. I don't want you coming back. This oh, is, boy. But, uh, so oh. maybe they're all that, maybe this is a special unit made up of guys like that, where they're like, you know what? Send them to Burma. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we don't. We don't yeah, need these guys obsessed with knives. They can't get to the next level in their on their character until they kill somebody in close combat. They have plenty. They've like maxed out on gun kills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These com- guys are these guys are trophy hunters, is what you're saying, <laughs> yeah. Stuart. These are PlayStation trophy hunters. It's their, yeah, it's they their, need, their conflict they the uh, checklist. Yeah, they're, we're, uh, we're trying to hundred percent this war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to platinum war. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we when we raid an enemy base, kick every wall to see if there's a hidden room there. We've got to, we've got to pick up all the bananas and DK coins. Right. <laughs> Punch that hay bale. <laughs> Anything there? No. Well, okay. What about that box? Oh, it's part of the background. Don't worry about it. Listen, we have to unlock all the skins. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, anyway, if you walk into a room full of clay jars, you know you got to start diving. <laughs> yeah, that's where all, where all the rupees Smash. are. Yeah. After. <laughs> After a after an incident with some truth serum that gets them nowhere, the army intel lady starts believing this guy's amnesia is real, and she starts going good cop on him. But then, uh oh, this is gonna be taken out of her hands because it's time for the next chapter reunion. Because who's gonna come in? That's right, Tony Jaw is gonna come in and beat up a bunch of soldiers. Then into the amnesia guy, he's like, "Hey, come with him, me." And he's like, mm-hmm. "Okay," leading to a long POV fighting sequence where we are Jake. Uh, just mm-hmm, swinging yeah. our fists and our feet, and it is. Uh, it really makes me glad that I didn't bother to go see Hardcore Harry because I'm like, oh, that's what this is. Sure. Okay, great. Yeah. You know, this action sequence, I feel like I don't like the POV visa. Like the first part Espe- of it, especially because is- it is it is less impressive since you know they can just strap a GoPro to someone's head. 
and have yes. them. Do, it's not like, how did the camera guy stay out of the way of those flying fists? It's like, well, they just <laughs> yes. put a GoPro on his head. But just like you would, part... or like, if you want a shot of a dog walking through places, just strap a GoPro on its head, you know? Yeah, you don't have to, like, you don't have to rem- surgically remove one of its eyeballs and put a tiny video camera in its head. Not anymore, thanks to the people at GoPro. <laughs> or the way or the way that, like, a crane shot of, like, a forest used to be a sign in a low-budget movie, like, look, or a helicopter shot, like, we did it. We made this, and it adds production values. But now, now just, just a 16-year-old can fly a drone in there. <laughs> just slap a GoPro on your, on your nephew's drone and yeah. send it around, yeah. The first half of this action sequence, though, is, like, is Tony Jaa, like, running along the top of, of walls and hiding behind walls, and it's, it's a lot done. like a live-action adaptation of the Aladdin game for the Sega Genesis. A lot it of does running look, on top of walls, yeah. It does look video gamey, uh, but it is done in this, like, fake long tape take. There's, you know, there are a couple whip, whip pans where I'm sure they hid the cuts, but it is it is trying something, and I, th- I would argue that this is the part of the movie that sets a high bar for the action sequences that that the rest of the movie doesn't quite live up to like this is i think the high point the tony job ja part of it later on yes it jumps into his pov and then it's like a weird part where like he jumps out of his own pov like he like leaps <laughs> over the camera back into like third person yeah, shooting. It's, the, it's the kind of thing that happens in uh this is revealing too much about myself i guess but the kind of thing that happens in uh in pov porn where at a certain point they're just like you know what? Let's just shoot it as if they're regular people. Like this, <laughs> yeah. we're not gonna we're not gonna get the angle we want if if it's still the camera that's on that's the GoPro stuck to this guy's head. Come on, let's. Yeah, yeah. It but a, uh, I, I did like the part fun. where they paused for three minutes and the guy just looked at his own dick. <laughs> Is that, I wait, really felt maybe, like I had Jake's dick. <laughs> maybe I haven't seen uh-huh. your own videos. <laughs> <laughs> this this but, also uh, three start, minutes. This, this, three minutes feels like a long time. <laughs> no, it was the perfect amount of time. I disagree. Because <laughs> that point, it's more of a medical test than like a... Than yeah, like he a, was checking himself for <laughs> ticks. <laughs> for ticks. Because it was a forest scene, and they wanted... It was, right. It was, a, it, was yes. a, it was a POV porn video from the National Park Service on tick yes. safety and prevention. Yeah, on Lyme uh, disease sure. prevention. Testicle yeah. ticks are an issue. Ticksticles, yeah. yeah this sure. is also where I started noticing like uh, uh, what's going to be a theme of the movie, which is like fake CGI like stuff around yeah. like because every time they would Tony Jaa would like throw someone off a building he would land and there'd be like the CGI cloud of dust that would come up <laughs> and I'm like why do you have to add that like I, I will believe that he fell without adding the dust yeah you're expecting when you like dust. jump behind a wall to beat up some guys that there would be like I don't know, like stars and like battle <laughs> yeah, lines swirlies. flying up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that, that someone would fall down and little birdies would fly around their head and little bells. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not to cram more video game references into this, but those Please. CGI hit detectors were just like, that's what happens in Tekken. That is how you know in yeah. Tekken mm-hmm. you've hit somebody. Or you get a little mouth, CGI mouth blood as well. That okay. happens a lot in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so the, they, Jake, uh, runs off with Tony Jaw. He meets a whole cadre of fighters, uh, including Frank Grillo. That's right. Crossbones himself. Uh, and, and you know, Jake- and you know, these guys are like, uh, you know, they're not just your average run of the mill, like run into the street types because they're all wearing these like, like long shawls that don't have sleeves, but like, they do have like a duster, but they do have a hood. It's like the sort of thing that again, I get in my Instagram ads all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> I pull this off. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's it would look thing. good with my genie pants. <laughs> it's like someone, someone saw a, um, uh, what's that? Assassin's video game. Oh, uh, Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed. Creed right. like they saw they yeah. saw a bus ad for Assassin's Creed and were like, I could pull off that look. Yeah. The hood with no sleeves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the same way that a lot of guys after Drive started wearing those jackets. And I think right. maybe 85% could not pull it off. 15%, they pulled it off great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, uh, here's what I'm thinking. Group Halloween costume this year. We <laughs> uh, all go oh, as the Jiu-Jitsu sleeveless we're the, warriors. We're the famous cadre of Brax fighting warriors from Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> uh-huh. Who's going to be Wiley? Dan. <laughs> I mean, Wiley's okay. the best character. but uh, I'll be the comic. Yeah, that's why I get... Yeah. <laughs> so oh, Dan, wow. I think we're already dressing up as characters who don't wear the hooded sleeveless thing. So I think we need to, we need to really let's back up a little. Let's bit. let's central the center the premise of this Halloween costume, okay? Uh, like if my family, I think we may be doing a Nightmare Before Christmas thing this year because that's what my younger son is obsessed with. Mm. But if I was like, yeah, yeah, and you know what, I'll be Wario. Like it wouldn't really go with <laughs> the main premise of the group costume, you know? The Wario farts. He does. I- that's true. Guess that's, that's a good point. I read it on a bathroom wall. Yeah, so it must be true. Yeah. <laughs> Stu, that's, Stu, that's a great point. <laughs> what about Waluigi? How is he with flatulence? I mean, I don't think he farts as much. I don't think it's like his like his main attack, right? Okay, unlike that that ape from Primal. Yeah, the do they game. both say wah? Oh, primal, 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 yeah, primal, primal Rage. Yeah. Primal Rage, Do they yeah. both say wah? Do they both scream wah? When they, I don't, I don't know, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, like, Dan's right. They both they both do say why. Yeah, I think I like that okay. in the in the in the Mario Brothers universe. If you have a Mario for a brother, your name will be decided by his name. That's just the way it works. <laughs> Mario, Mario, and Luigi, Mario. Wario's brother has to be Waluigi. You have to assume Luigi and Waluigi are younger brothers, right? Or did they have to change their names when their younger brothers were born? Because that's that's oh. a big blow to the ego. Sure. If you have a younger brother who's a baby, and your parents are like, you have to change your name so that it fits your younger brother's <laughs> name. You know, mm, that's true. Uh, yeah, it's a you know, it's hard to have confidence after that. No wonder they just follow their brothers around. I mean, I do like, I do like that you assume they uh, reproduce like mammals and they don't like burst out of eggs or something. Or... <laughs> I mean, there's n- there's nothing about the Mario brothers or the Wario brothers that would lead me to believe they're not human beings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Have I've, you seen the sequence oh, yeah. where Mario goes to New Donk City and there's like regular humans walking around, but he looks like true, a little weirdo. Do. Oh, I haven't it does seen look that. Very no. different I can, from the. I think I have some information that could be helpful in this discussion. Okay. All right, okay. Let, lay it on us. So we do know <laughs> canonically. Mario. <laughs> <laughs> we do know canonically that Mario has nipples. They have drawn nipples on Mario. Okay. So we do mm. know that he is at least a mammal. Okay. Fair. Yeah, he comes from a species that produces milk to yeah. feed its young. We might think, unless they've evolved to some sort of reptile state, and those are vestigial nipples. Nipples, mm-hmm. not vestigial nibbles. Vestigial yeah. nibbles no, is right. a snack food that everybody loves. It's, it's, the, it's the little pieces that are left over in the bottom of the bag of other snack foods. So you combine them it's into just one. a bunch of f- f- fried appendixes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. you do like a like a katamari uh, damaste or whatever, and like a katamari uh, namaste. Like, that's that's yeah. the uh, meditation you where like you roll, roll in the ball and you, yeah, you it's, the, it's yeah. the pose that pleases your father, the king of all cosmos. <laughs> Is this the most video game references this in a is flop a, house? This yeah. is a lot of By video far. games. Yeah. yeah. Well, it makes yeah. sense. We are we are talking about jujitsu. Anyway, so <laughs> so this is one of the number of scenes where Frank will, or where Jake will be told the plot of the movie, and the people keep being going, Jake, you remember us, right? You remember us, Jake? And he's like, No, I don't. Come on, Jake, you remember us? It's like no. <laughs> but he they're doesn't. not explaining who they are to him. Like people no. people give him shit for having amnesia, but they don't try and help him. No, not they don't at explain all. anything yeah. to him. Uh the soldiers show up. Uh, first, they get tossed around by an invisible force. Then some soldiers show up. Everybody fights again. Long, long fighting sequence between these new guys mm-hmm. and the soldiers. Uh, these are the main. You got Jake. You got Frank Grillo. You got this lady who uses nunchucks. Uh, you got Tony Jaw. 
and then there and there's a guy who uses a long metal pipe. It's like a boat metal bow staff kind yeah. of, you know. Um, and Tony Chow looks like he's just using like angled like plumbing pipes. Like his yes. like right. yeah, his like they're, fighting sticks look like yeah, they're baton shaped, but they're pipes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, this is around the time these are these long martial arts sequences without a lot of story to time together. And it was around this point that I was like, this is like this movie is like a meal where you're just having French fries. Where it's like, yeah, it tastes good in the moment, but it's like not by the end of it. I'm like, ugh, yeah. I didn't really get what I needed to. Oh, I don't know. Ingesting food. I don't, I, look, it, look. I mean, you could argue whether you should make a movie about uh, a bunch of martial arts people who fight uh, an alien every six years. That is not uh, the but, issue I'm having, Dan. The issue if, I'm having. But if there, that there movie are many exists, mo- <laughs> I feel like it that you want as much fighting as possible. No, but there <laughs> are there are. I'll just say, I'll just pause it, which is true that there are martial arts movies where I am like, I hope the characters accomplish the thing that these martial arts are <laughs> contributing to. And in this movie, yeah. it was like, oh boy, there's just like the, the thinnest of fibers connecting no, these martial arts scenes, you know. That Perhaps is the true. martial the arts whole... scenes were more exciting, you know, I don't we know. Will, we, as we explain the movie, we will you will come to see audience of this podcast that is basically the, bo- like, it starts out like the born identity and ends like Predator. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and all the born identity stuff is completely cuttable from the movie. Although I actually find the earlier scene, like this is the rare movie where before the alien shows up, I was more entertained. You were really, uh, you were more entertained when he was just sitting in a, in a dentist chair as that lady no, yelled at him like, and was like, tell Tony me who you ja, are. The Tony Jaw fight. And then the fight, this fight between him and the army, like the problem with the alien stuff, I think is, um, they did a, good job uh, creating an alien who could move around, but I think that probably a guy wearing a big suit was not the best choice for a martial arts movie. He I does have it, a hologram face. It took down face. the temperature of the fights a yeah, little. Yeah, his face does look like the fog wall from a From <laughs> Software game. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just, I, I got the feeling that the performer was hampered by having to wear a big rubber suit. Especially when you remember like the Ninja Turtles movies, the old ones. They're wearing rubber suits and their moves yeah. are amazing. Yeah. Uh, to me, his foggy helmet with his big face looks like uh, he was uh, smoking a joint in his space helmet. Cracks <laughs> his hot box oh, in his own boy. space suit. Oh boy! Well, uh, Jake He's tell on the they, level. So, so they get thrown away. They get thrown around by electricity again. There's something with heat vision that's zapping them. And Jake tells the army intelligence lady, "You got to leave the area." And she's like, oh, "Okay, that makes sense." Uh, and appears, I think, one more time before the movie's over. Hey, you're mentioning Brax. It's time for the section called. Brax, <laughs> not brats. That's a different thing. Brats mm-hmm. is us is four girls who can take on the world and they're good at everything. Brax is instead uh, an alien that we're gonna meet. Uh, so the army goes into the jungle. I'm not quite sure, but they're why? But they I guess they're leaving the area. But their Geiger counters are going crazy, and that's when this invincible ninja starts hurling throwing stars at them, and then we see what it is. That's right. It's this kind of Giver looking uh, alien in like a techno suit. It's very Exo Man of War. Uh, oh, looking, yeah. sure. uh, but it's also a ninja but here's the thing he can kill people with a glowing red touch and he heals almost instantly from all wounds so it is not really a fair fight uh, yeah. that Brax is coming at like they're shooting with machine guns and he's like uh 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 and then he you know his body just comes back together again mm-hmm. it's like not a it's not it's not really fair okay that's all we need to know about him. He's Brax. He fights. They haven't explained who he is yet. I'll, I'll I like say that this. argument, though. Do they use that same argument against, like, the T-1000 when, like, they shoot him a bunch and he just heals? 
Well, uh, well, well, the problem is the T-1000 is an assassin machine that's trying to kill people. Brax has, as we'll learn, has supposedly come to Earth looking for a competition battle that will be yes. good enough to to challenge him. But if you don't sustain damage, it's kind of hard for any challenger who is human and sustains damage and does not have heat vision and uh, CGI shurikens to throw <laughs> all over the place. You know, it's hard to mm-hmm. compete with that. Yeah, this is like a hunter, you know, with a high-powered rifle who who, like— goes out to shoot a deer but claims that he's in like a life and death struggle with that deer you know like yeah the deer, right the deer is a sitting deer he has he has like a grenade <laughs> in his hand and then like there's a rabbit and he throws the grenade at the rabbit yeah. that's right it's my python man the conquers grail. all <laughs> take that you <laughs> when, dumb bunny <laughs> that stupid bunny if you wanted to survive you should have invented grenades looks like your feet aren't so lucky now <laughs> When I was uh, I was taking notes about the movie uh, when I was watching oh, wow. because I'm a good podcast guest, better yeah, than yeah. some Woo. of the hosts. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and I was doing it in my notes app, and whenever I would type Brax, it would auto correct to Brad. <laughs> How much better would this movie have been if the monster was just called Brad? That would be fantastic. Well, that I mean, maybe yeah. This is like that makes like, me br- think that the alien is like someone's like stepfather like frustrated like mm-hmm. dude who's like this is the only way i can get out my anger is to go <laughs> to the, earth it's, and then... it's somebody's old college roommate they're like brad yeah. comes to earth every six years right to fight tries a to kill us drinks all our beer and how fantastic <laughs> yeah. would have been if it was tony braxton that comes to earth every six years for this uh, big oh, fight wow. amazing and you know she sings afterwards. That's what she does. That's what she's famous yeah. for. Uh, so uh, next section is called She still fights, rabbit. though. Yeah, of course, yeah. But then she sings after or during the fight. Next yeah. section, rabbit hole. Uh, Jake runs off, which we'll learn is kind of his thing. Uh, and the intel lady gets hit by a throwing star goodbye to her. Uh, Jake lands in an underground hut inhabited by Wiley, a.k.a. Nicholas Cage. That's right, everybody. Yeah. Nick Cage is back. And is he phoning in this performance? The answer? No, no he is not. No, He's having, not. He seems to be having so much fun being a guy who used to be a martial arts master and chickened out and begged Brax for his life six years ago and was allowed to go on living in a hut by himself where he makes a hat set of newspapers <laughs> and has a piano. He has the he has the most random collection of stuff in this hut, which makes it more believable to me. And uh, But he also he kind of talks like um, if Obi-Wan Kenobi hadn't hadn't interacted with another human being for years and, uh, and had kind of lost his bearings. It's kind of the, you know what? I didn't even realize till now. This is what Yoda should have been like in the prequels. He's uh, Nicolas Cage. He's still kind of weird and crazy. Uh, he's still a hermit. He has a hat made out of a newspaper. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's and he's helping Jake because immediately he and Jake start fighting. Uh, Nicolas Cage is talking cryptically about how the spaceman chose him to be the true jujitsu or some nonsense. But this, uh, I mean, this is a movie, we've already made comments about how the dialogue in general in this movie is pretty stilted. But Nicolas yeah. Cage delivers it with a certain panache that is so welcome. <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if he if he wrote if he rewrote at least yeah. some of his stuff. It feels so much more like him than the rest of the movie. Uh, the one thing that doesn't feel like him, his fight double, who looks nothing like him. Yes. And so you see, it's a lot of like a close up of Nicolas Cage going "ho," oh, and then you'll cut to a wide shot of Jake fighting a guy who looks who's wearing the same whose wig. Whose wig is always in his face. Yeah. <laughs> whose wig is always covering his entire face. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, I, the there, there's a line in here. Uh, that I think backs up your Cage rewrote some of this theory, okay. Elliot. Uh, at some point, someone says that they're hungry, and Cage says, "What do you want a pickle, a tickle, or a noodle?" Anyway, I just, to me that was like the most nonsensical thing. Yeah. I'm like, why am I laughing yeah. at this? Yeah, what is a tickle or a noodle? Wait, yeah. a tickle or a noodle? 
Oh, man. I should have been paying more attention. Uh, so Nicholas Cage is the one who says, Jake, you're supposed to fight Brax one-on-one fairly. Then the, and that's what Brax is looking for. The other fighters show up, and Nicholas Cage is like, Jake isn't ready. He's crazy. Like me. Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, uh, the Warriors, uh, <laughs> they walk Jake and Nicholas Cage to this ancient temple. Nicholas Cage just being a goofball. He's a, I mean, like, it's every just, scene with him in it is more fun. And he ex- at some point explains that it's all about uh, the magical power of jujitsu that was given to them by Brax, what, yes. thousands of years Thous- ago? Thousands of years ago, <laughs> Brax came through this portal in this ancient temple. He taught humanity jujitsu so that they would have something to fight him with when he came back every six years to have fun fighting and killing people. And as long as you don't have to win the fight, as long as you fight him honorably, his his version of honorably, which is you have your fists and he has. CGI laser guided right. shurikens that he can throw at yeah. you. Uh, as long and as a new weapon that manifests every fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as nine people fight him fairly, then he goes home. But if anyone cheats or doesn't fight him, then he kills. It's it's unclear whether it is everybody in the world or just everybody in the immediate area. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, at one point they say everyone. Another point they say innocent villages. So you ha- so Brax is like either fight me or I kill everybody. So really, yeah. what it is, this- is every six years nine people die to Brax is really basically what it is. I I posted this explanation scene to uh, the Flophouse Instagram stories because at the end the hero. Like, there's this long, crazy uh, thing about, you know, what Brax's deal is and how, like, he he, he gave us jujitsu so we could fight him. And that's why you have jujitsu. And then, like, you cut to our hero who just does this, like, look like, whoa. Like, <laughs> like, 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 what was that? What, what was that all about? Yeah. <laughs> well, because he doesn't know the story checks out until you see in the temple. That's right. It's an ancient mural of Brax, as we learned from Justice uh-huh. League and uh, and uh, Mortal Kombat. The best way to communicate information is with a mural painted <laughs> on the wall of an ancient yeah. temple. Sure. Uh-huh. Somebody told Gustav Klimt that too. Um, the uh, <laughs> so yeah, it would be it'd be it's almost like if in the Predator movies they found a cave that had like cave paintings that showed a predator like teaching like proto humans how to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they. Uh, there's clearly something going on between Jake and Dart's lady. They used to have a thing together. Uh, they She helps him to change into a slightly more ridged T-shirt and one of those uh, sleeveless hoods, which makes you invisible to Brax's heat vision. Uh, and Frank Grillo gives him a sword, which uh, doesn't doesn't play that much of a part to the rest of the movie, but he, I guess he used it. Uh, Jake has to defeat Brax before sundown because of something related to the comet. It's not totally clear, but we get a bunch of ominous shots of the comet and I guess if it reaches the horizon, maybe yeah. like they lose. Like there's a lot of rules to this competition that kind of pop up late. They're like, as long as you fight Brax, everything will be okay. Oh, and you have to defeat him by sundown. Wait, why? Yeah. Hold on, you didn't mention that before. I mean, and the, it is unclear. In the climax, how- so in the climax, it seems like the deal is that like Brax, the vortex opens up again, and Brax leaves then because of the comet. But it's like, well, that's fine. Like what? What's what's wrong with that version of events? Where like oh, oh we didn't defeat him by sundown. Oh he left. He got bored. Uh, I think. Well, I don't know. Uh, I think maybe it's that the portal opens and he can choose to stay or leave at that point. Yeah. Uh, the comet opens the portal, but Brax comes or goes. It's very. It's not clear, and it doesn't get any more clear because Jake, as we learn, he chickened out. They call him the Rabbit. Because he ran away from Brax. That's right. Unlike Nicolas Cage, who at least had the the guts to beg for his life from Brax. So Brax considered him crazy and thus unfit to kill. 
unsporting. Jay just ran away, and that's why he was being chased by shurikens off a cliff uh, earlier. Um, anyway, one of the Brax oh, yeah. rules that I was having a hard time with uh-huh. was the you have to fight him one on one thing because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are so many times in the movie where people gang up on Brax, and it goes pretty well. Um, but then people just started going at him one on one. And I know that's a kung fu movie thing. It's like, you know, you fight each other one on one because yeah. that's more fun. But like, yeah, the idea that that only a Certainly certain easier number to of people can fight Brax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's uh, and then but they, they also ignore that rule and everything's fine. Yeah, and at the end, like, the old lady comes in and starts shooting Brax with a shotgun, and, like, that's mm-hmm. fine? Like, is she yeah. also part of the group but that can fight me, him? Would you, would you argue with her? I don't think so. Mm, Brax is like, <laughs> But whoa, meanwhile, whoa. later, spoiler for later, like, Brax kills Nicolas Cage, and, like, the hero and the lady are literally just, like, watching it happen <laughs> from the side. If any time to break the rule of one-on-one yeah. fighting is there, like... It's to I save Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, I mean, they're just watching what happens live. Uh, yeah. So... That yeah, do you think to- maybe when that when the uh the the fisherman's wife showed up with the shotgun, Brax just assumed she was like one of the other characters summons <laughs> like Possibly. a special move. I mean <laughs> they just they just hit the right buttons and she just jumps in, does her move and yep. jumps out again. Yeah. Uh-huh, I mean, yeah. if I know all I know about fishermen's wives, she was probably pretty tired out from having sex with that octopus. And so yeah. uh I get or you know, or dreaming about it at yeah. the very least. And so she just she had to rebuild her energy to get get that shotgun. So she couldn't save Nicolas yeah. Cage. With a yeah. shotgun too is the thing that seems to hurt Brax the most. It's a, like some kind of super shotgun. I don't know where she got it from. Sure. Yeah. I mean, unless the, the, when one of the other fighters died, they 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 blinked away and then left a shotgun behind, and she picked that up. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like a like a very rare drop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or she or she it's it's an in-game purchase, and she's like, you know what? We're fighting sure. Brax. I might. Oh as well yeah, I'm gonna pay the ninety-nine cents <laughs> to get the super shotgun. Yeah, that's pre-order exclusive. I know it's kind of a scam. I can't yeah, take sure. it out of here. Yeah, she got the day one edition. Yeah, <laughs> jujitsu. If I do, maybe afterwards, I can mint it as an NFT, make some of my money back. You know. But anyway. Uh, topical. So now, now we just got a bunch of a bunch of sections of Brax fighting people. You get the my time section. Brax fights some people. Uh, there's they, he kills all of them. Uh, Jake gets captured by an army guy from earlier, and he's like, "Hey, we've been tracking Brax for decades. Here's and uh, get, here's your sword, by the way, the one that you got earlier. I'm giving it back to you." Uh, he, he goes, "Here's the secret. We've realized when he gets hurt, it takes him about six or seven seconds to heal. That's when you go after him, and it's like." Oh, okay. That's your big secret. No shit. Cool. Hit him when he's yeah, weak. We, okay, thanks. Hit him when there's still that. holes in him. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, that army. I mean, military intelligence. Am I right? Talk about an oxymoron. <laughs> is there Jumbo a? Is there like here. a? Is there like a visual cue? Does his like his little visor, the fog clear, and you see his face for a second? Like, what's going on there? Well, I think it's when he has big holes in his belly. You know to attack him. No, I know that. But what's <laughs> going on with his visor? Because every once in a while, you see a face there. Yeah. Uh, oh, like what's a going on? Tell face me. Too. Yeah, it was a little cartoon <laughs> face. I, I don't. I not. I mean, I'm not Brax's official spokesperson. We're just friends, despite what the tabloids say. But uh, uh-huh. Brax is, you know, he sometimes he likes to see, and sometimes he doesn't like to be seen. And so <laughs> yeah, he he allows it to fog, then he defogs it. It's you know the it's the the yes no tug and pull. Uh, uh, cat and mouse hide and seek relationship that all superstars have with their public, and Brax is no different. You know, much mm-hmm. like Tony Braxton. 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes when Tony Braxton performs, she has a fogged up visor that covers her whole face, and sometimes you can see her face. Sure. You know. Sometimes mm-hmm. she takes on her competitors one on one, and sometimes uh, they have to allows- help them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, don't but break the, the rules because she'll the destroy Brax the world. face is never scary. It is no, either very silly yeah. and then occasionally very cute. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> they'll hit Brax at an angle where you're like, oh, Brax. Well, he looks like a blobfish, which is, which is yeah. this fish that, yeah, that's like adorably uh, ugly looking. It's like, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, is me. I'm a blobfish. <laughs> like, Someone made a <laughs> meme of me. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. Brax does have a face that's kind of like, mm, I'm Brax. <laughs> I get you like, do jitsu. Is it like when Mad Max knocks uh, Blaster's helmet off, and you're like, "Oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't kill this guy," that sort of thing? A little bit, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay. What Just is a the, little bit, guys? What Just is a the teeny vapor? tiny bit? Just like yeah. a teeny tiny minuscule microscopic bit. Yeah. Like the what tiniest if... little bit, like just like a uh-huh. bit of a bit, just like a teeny okay. bit of a bit, a tiny little nice. bit, just like a yeah. little bit, like a little bit. Sure. You can't even say bit. You can't even say T. It's just uh-huh. bit. It's a little yeah. bit. Yeah. That's how little yeah. that bit is. Uh, yeah. It's a tiny okay, bit. Cool. Just a little bit. It's a little bit. Sure. It's just all it is. Yeah. Yeah, that, you don't even yeah. say most of the word. Just little bit. Just uh-huh. LB. It's just uh-huh. a pound. It's sure. just the abbreviation for pound. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I'd like to say goodbye to all of our new listeners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for checking us out. Now, I, I, what if, what if Rex is the vapor? What if the vapor is Oh, shit. Oh, like, the, like the theory that Blofeld is the cat, and he possesses yeah. the minds of various different actors, and that's why there's more than one Blofeld. It's possible. <laughs> it maybe maybe Brax is made out of gas. Maybe he's a gas man. No, he's like hey, Johan. What about this, guys? Maybe Brax is the friends we made along the way. Oh, mm. yeah, possibly. Thank you for being we'll a Brax. <laughs> do, 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 do. Travel down the road and fight a Brax. Uh, anyway, so... Somehow there's 38 minutes left of the movie. Uh, Jake finds Wiley cooking a fish, and they talk about more stuff. We have a flashback to Brax emerging from a portal. Uh, he kills a guy and attacks Jake. Jake runs away. We saw that already. Anyway, um, Wiley says he has a plan. Brax is hunting Jake as prey to make a point, and then he never really explains what the plan is uh, because yeah. a dead body flops near them, and and uh, and Wiley's like, "Oh, Brax is trying to vex you. That's why he's killing people and throwing their bodies at you." And it's like, <laughs> it seems like there's easier. Th- it, everyone has a plan that they are not bothering to explain to the movie, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a good vocal warm up. Yeah, yeah, it would be very vexing to not be able to walk anywhere without a dead body flopping out. Okay. It's a good vocal warm up too. Before you start the podcast, you can just go, "Brax is vexing. Brax is vexing." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, more fighting. Jake keeps running. Uh, eventually, Brax reaches him, but uh oh, Tony Jaw jumps out, and uh, Brax fights him as Jake runs away again. So the plan, and they're like, "This was your plan, Jake." So it's like the plan seems to be, that, okay. So Brax comes to Earth to fight nine people in a row, one on one. Jake's plan seems to be to make Brax chase him, and then have people jump out to fight Brax one on one. The chasing doesn't really seem to be necessary for the plot, for the plan. I don't, I don't really understand what the plan is supposed to achieve. Tiring Brax out, it just seems to be tiring about tiring out Jake, because as we know, Brax can heal. So when the lactic acid builds up on his muscles from all that running, he's just going to heal from mm-hmm. it. He'll be fine. He can run yeah. again. It's just going to take a couple seconds. Yeah, he doesn't seem any weaker at, after fighting eight people than he did the first time, right? No, not at all. But here's where we get, okay, it's another big fight. 
Nicolas Cage's body double has a sword fight with Brax, <laughs> turns into a long kind of wrestling and jump kick fight, then swords again. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Brax gives Nicolas Cage his sword so that he can kill him honorably. Uh, and he cuts him up with a lot of slashes and then holds him Pieta style. And it was like, wait, was Nicolas Cage his son? Like, I don't understand. Did Nicolas Cage just die for the sins of the film? I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That it's a real touching scene. And it's just too bad that there's no more Wiley in the movie because he brought a real life and a real spice, a real vim and vigor to the movie. Nick Cage, mm-hmm. it was great to have you back for the amount of time that we had you. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see you in Pig. Uh, you know, <laughs> Sleep in Sweet Prince. Now. <laughs> in theaters now as we speak. Uh, that is weird that his dying words are see Pig in theaters now. Just more Cage re- nonsense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy because it was released far before Pig was released in theaters. But that right. actually, that's why know, it's weird, Stuart. Yeah, that's why it's no, weird. No, you're right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, let's call it Nicolas Cage and find out. Oh, hello. Yeah, it's me, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a question uh, hey. for me? Yeah. Uh, wait, were you, you're in well, jiu Well, first, right? I, have, I have a question for you. Did you find my pig? <laughs> <laughs> I want. Uh, I have a couple of things I want. I want to know about the before we talk about the the pig thing. Can we? Because that's we, really what's on my mind right now, man. Is this pig I can't find? Can you explain? It's not the, easy to lose a pig. <laughs> Somehow I've managed it. Classic no. Nick. Pretty can you explain big. the tickle or a noodle thing? So okay, he looks hungry. He could have a noodle, but you know what feeds your soul? Laughter. So maybe he wants to be tickled uh, instead. So it's not yeah, that yeah, crazy. That checks real, out. You know, my uh, my uh, my Zen master told me that there's there's the opposite. Everyone has a tickle and a noodle inside of them. And <laughs> the thing is, you got to get in touch with the noodle when you're hungry or if you're in a pool. If it's that kind of noodle, <laughs> right? And you got to get in touch with the tickle <laughs> when you need to laugh. And you know, laughter is. Some would say the best medicine. I would say it's probably like the fourth best medicine. But you now, know, it's now, still, now, now, Nick. Now, the Nick. Well, the top three medicines obviously are one. Number one is love. Uh, uh-huh. Number two is penicillin, <laughs> and okay. number three is if like you could mix love and penicillin into one one medicine. Uh, yeah, love It's called. I call it love acillin. Yeah. Oh, did you also call it that? I do call it that. I mean. Oh well, I guess uh, I got the first to time it. I've. I should probably had- cut this conversation short and get to the copyright office before you trademark love oh. acillin. <laughs> Because I've been sitting on that for a while, much like Charles Darwin waited too long to uh, to publish his results and almost got scooped on it. Uh, I really got to get to But what was your other question? Do you have any questions about jujitsu, the movie? Uh, I think we wanted to ask how you knew. We did a we did a, a, a riff where we were saying that maybe your last words were see pig in theaters now. Yeah. And this movie came out far before pig was released in theaters. So how did you... In the world of our riff, how did you know that you were working at Wild Pig is in theater? I think, you know, a stop clock is right at least four or five times a day. And so I said, <laughs> I said, see Pig in theaters now, knowing that this movie would come out before Pig and just that it was likely someone would watch it. Right. Because it's a true. great movie. It's a great movie that someone will be watching it when Pig uh-huh, was in yeah. theaters, which it is yeah. now. Now, uh, under trivia for jujitsu, it says that you performed all your own stunts, but it doesn't appear that's the case. Can you explain that to me? I have another self uh, that performs <laughs> stunts for me, uh, but it's still me because when he's performing the stunts, I uh, put myself in his mindset. Oh, like the cat from... Uh from James Bond. Yeah, the, the one that's Blofeld. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he throws his mind into all into Telly Savalas or uh, you know the other guys. Uh, so that's what I do with a with a body that's you know just knows how to do this stuff, the stunts. 
And just before yeah. before we lose you, Nick. Um, no, I'm here. Oh, okay. Wow, you're here definitely. <laughs> no, you know, I'm all I've got on my, my my agenda just for today was answer calls should they come in and look for this pig. And, you know, I'm not making too much process on the pig. So, Which, Any tips for summertime fun? <laughs> Here's what I like to do in the summer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number one, do you have board shorts? Oh, yeah. You, you know, don't even yeah. need a board. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Just I, get the shorts. Yeah. Okay. Number two, I like to put a lot of zinc on my nose because mm-hmm. it makes me feel like a lifeguard. And you know what? There's no one we trust more in this world than a teenager who's been hired for the summer to <laughs> save middle-aged people if he notices them while he's trying to chat up the ladies. So I like to put myself in that mindset. And you get to carry around one of those big red thingies that kind of floats. What do they use them for? I don't know. You know, those lifeguard thingies that they have? The big red things? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're supposed to kind of float, right? That's my assumption. I've never used it. Yeah, Dan? (laughs) So Stuart's fake uh, trivia about jujitsu made me, sent me to IMDb for the real trivia page. Um, Number one, just because we mentioned him before, it says Nicolas Cage replaced Bruce Willis. So that's... uh, Whoa. Oh. But um, now... I did. Wow. Not even in the movie. movie. They told me first choice, but okay, that's good to know. Uh, I have some conversations I need to have with the producer of Hard Bodies, too. (laughs) Here's another piece of trivia, and, you know, this is IMDb. Anyone can put this in here. I don't know if it's accurate. But uh, it says, Brax's face was actually a doodle done by Nick Cage while he was drunk that the producers thought was terrifying enough to put in the movie. Now, that seems like it could be a joke, but I, I also I put to... I put that in, and I will not tell you if it's true or not. <laughs> okay. But I often put in trivia for my movies, uh, and it's a little game I play where I like to see which things get picked up by the press. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, you got caged. That's another, mm-hmm. It's another Cage classic. Is just a, like, For instance, in, uh, in Moonstruck, if you go to the IMDb entry in the uh-huh. trivia section, it just uh-huh. says Cage rules with a Z at the end of the <laughs> rule instead of an Did X. Did that get That's picked up by the media? Did the media pick that one up? It was. I think there were. I think it was in. It was. It was in it was Ukrainian in People magazine. Ukrainian People magazine had a story. Does Cage mm-hmm. rules? And they didn't really understand the the grammar of it. But it got picked okay. up by by the wires, I guess. Anyway, uh, I think I just saw a pig. Uh, so let me just tell you my other quick uh, summer fun thing, which is load up on load up on noodles and load up on tickles. Yeah. Can't go wrong with either one. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I got it. And if you're gonna go swimming, make sure to eat a big spaghetti dinner right before you do. That's Nick Cage oh, wow. with his some okay. summer fun safety tips. Uh, I think that so, one's wrong, but no. But anyway, yeah, I think that's my pig over. There. It's a pig, might be a pig. Let me see. It might be it's some no, pig. It's a bit some pig. Um, the the web above it says some pig, so it might be my pig. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'll see you guys later, and uh, and uh, goodbye. Click. So okay. <laughs> next we have next we have the memorial section. Elliot, you're back. You won't believe who was on the phone. <laughs> I always I always seem to miss the exciting things. Yeah. Who was on the phone? Um, uh, we'll tell you when you're older. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> when I'm older? Yeah. Okay, so it was sex? <laughs> it, was, it was sex. Okay, that's uh, not appropriate now. So we find out in this next section that uh, Wiley was Jake's father, which seems unlikely, but uh, okay, that seems yeah, fine. That, yeah, what a weird re- reveal. <laughs> like, it, it bears, it has no bearing on anything else. It's but then we like get a flashback of uh, of a younger man with the same haircut. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, it's gotta be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because characters in movies they don't change their hair or clothes. That's why old Han Solo wears the same vest as young Han Solo, <laughs> and old mm-hmm. Wiley has the same hair as young Wiley. Uh, we do get a flashback of a kid 
being taught jujitsu by Nicolas Cage's stunt double uh, on a <laughs> beach somewhere. Maybe it's in a desert. Anyway, yeah. uh, the army translator shows up. I forgot. She's got the old Burmese couple. Uh, they give first aid to nunchuck lady who needed it. And the Burmese lady is like, nunchuck lady shouldn't move. The stitches need to heal. And the interpreter, uh, crab man, is like, she says she's good to go, which never play. And so you're supposed to be like, uh oh, in the final fight, is she going to get hurt? Yeah. No, she's fine. They use those great, those insta stitches. Uh, Brack mm-hmm. shows up, shooting blades everywhere. The interpreter runs off. This is when the old lady, as mentioned before, starts blasting at Brax with a huge uh-huh. sh- shotgun. Uh, and he heals. And it's effective. As they it's pretty effective. Yeah. It, I yeah. was like, yeah. they sh- anyway, we're, we're just swords in this guy the whole time. She anyway. should have gone for headshots. Just aim for that Nicolas Cage doodle behind that glass. <laughs> <laughs> right in the doodle. Uh, now, now I feel like it's like if we want to use that Nick Cage doodle, but if we use it on screen the whole time, we got to pay him. So every now and then, there'll just be dry ice fog inside that guy <laughs> just to cover it up. Uh, next, it's the final section, time to die. Uh, Brax and Jake finally have their showdown in the old temple's uh, Brax Memorial Congregation Room, uh, the mm-hmm. Brax Community Center. And Brax- this is right by the right by the big portal. Yes, it's in which the. It's not the, a portal now. It's it's a, just a stone circle thing. Stone circle, which will become a portal. Brax really kicks Jake's ass for a while. He is by far the least effective fighter against Brax up till this point, and it yeah. really yeah. does make you wonder why he is the chosen jujitsu that Brax was like. So was so into like Brax is so thirsty to fight him, and yeah. he's just like rushing his way through all the other fights. And when he finally gets to it, he's got to be a disappointment. You got to imagine. This, is yeah, this, this is like a serious C grade Scott Adkins type guy. Well, I was going to ask this lead Stewart, have you seen him in other? No, I I looked kind? him up, and it looks like his main credits are like our previous movies directed by the same director, like Kickboxer Revelations or something. Mm. And, Kickboxer uh, Vengeance and Kickboxer Retaliation. Thank you. Uh, oh, my and, mistake. And he's Man, a stunt. I look he, like an asshole. Uh, yeah, and you maybe recognize him as a, oh, this is, he's a, he's a, he's a multiple Flophouse appearance guy. He was a stuntman in Immortals, White House Down, and, uh-huh. um, and Suicide Squad. So oh, this wow. is actually- Uncredited gladiator in Pompeii. So, wow. wow! So he's so this is actually like his sixth movie that the Flophouse is covering. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. amazing. Wow. Oh wow! I didn't. I had no idea until this moment that he was a flop house. He was multi guy. Yeah, he's multi guy. And, uh, and so yeah, he's he's flop house royalty. Uh, it's right up there with uh, that when we did that Nicolas Cage movie. Was that called Primal? The one where he's a hunter and there's that killer and the guy playing Prime the killer. Primal, I think. Primeval and the guy playing the killer. This that was like the sixth flop house movie he had been in. So. It, it, the dream is possible. Actors out there, you may never get an EGOT, but you may get the mm-hmm. coveted flop six. Yeah. That's when you've been <laughs> in six Flophouse movies. We send you a ring in the shape of mm-hmm. the number six. You cannot fit it on your finger because the ring no. part is very little, or else you'd have like this, like this huge thing sticking out of the side of it. Uh, you can't wear it either way. Anyway, keep, keep reaching you for the You get a congratulatory phone call from Gerard Butler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The OG flop six. Yeah. I've, yeah. Been, I've been where you are and it's real exciting. Just don't, 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 don't lose sight of who you are. Yeah. I don't, it's the worst Scottish <laughs> accent I've ever done in my life. Okay. Anyway. So that's Gerard Butler calling. Guys. Okay. If this, this big fight's gone, Jake realizes, or actually, I'm not sure if he realizes, but he kind of lucks into the fact that if he stands behind a flaming brazier, that uh, it, it messes with Brax's heat vision. And this is one of those things where- How is this the first time they figured this out? I, they, I, to be fair, up until this point, I don't think a lot of thought has been put into how Brax works among his <laughs> fighters. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, the Brax rules just change wildly. Brax is, mm-hmm. has a different set of weapons every fight. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's, 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 you don't try and figure out Brax, no, man. man. He's yeah. an enigma. There's a reason there's no sitcom mm-hmm. called Eight Simple Rules for Fighting My Brax. Right. It just, because mm-hmm. yeah. there aren't. Yeah. There are no it's rules, because, yeah. It's because John Ritter passed away. That's yeah, that's why. He that's the main was reason. was an odd choice for Brax since he didn't have any particular martial arts uh I mean, except to, and look, if John Ritter approaches you and you're an alien who only gets to be on Earth once every six years because of a comic uh-huh. and says, yeah. do you want to do a show with me because I want to be in the Brax business, you go with it. John Ritter, come on. He's a legend. Yeah. He's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Super nice guy, everybody says. A star mm-hmm. of the hit movie Stay Tuned. You, can't, you don't mm-hmm. say no to John Ritter, so of course Brax is going to go with that. Of course things didn't work out, but you can't blame Brax for that. This brings me to another issue I have with Brax, which is much like the Predator or Yul Brenner in Westworld, he is a super intense assassin master whose eyesight is worse than my eyesight, and I have bad eyesight. <laughs> yeah. Like he, yeah. he only sees kind of like heat and the blurriest of forms. Makes you wonder how he's such a good fighter. Jordan, okay, let's say you're Brax. Okay. You can't see very well. He has an extreme stigmatism. He can only, uh, or astigmatism, I should say. He can only see heat. How do you compensate for that and become such a great fighter? Oh, gosh. I mean, I guess you just, you hone those other senses, right? I guess I mean, so. Maybe, maybe he studied with stick. That's what it is. Just like yeah. the young Matt Murdock did. Sure, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, maybe Brax has been hunting by smell this whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. Hunting by smell, the Brax story. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think that begs no, the question. No, don't eat sardines around Brax. Yeah, I mean, these guys are all super ripped, and they're working out all the time, and and they're not. They don't have like sleeves to contain their smell, so like it's got to be like Onion City mm-hmm. in there. That's man. true. The pheromones yeah. are just leaking out of their armpits from those. I don't sleeves. know if you've ever had Burmese food onion either, City. but it's a very pungent food. Probably, yeah. Now sure. I got to now. I also just mentioned that Hunting by Smell sounds like Weird Al was trying to do a Guided by Voices parody, and he just wasn't there. He just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> He's like, is Guided by Voice is popular enough to parody. <laughs> so he has a long he has a long list of names and Hunting by Smell is one of them. And right. he's like, I don't usually parody like the name of the band. What am I doing? Sure. You know what? Yeah. I'll just I'll just do something off of the bad guy. I'll be uh, the sad guy. Okay, great. And it's a whole it's a it's a ba- it's a Billie Eilish parody that's about the Steve Martin movie The Lonely Guy. Great. Okay, perfect. Done. Al, can I pitch the bad pie? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a better one. Yeah. Okay, I'll go with it. Yeah, the bad pie. I'll give you give you a. Co- a Strong story by credit. <laughs> <laughs> two episodes thanks. with a Jordan lot of Morris. Weird Al talk in them. In That's row. true. The last one had a lot of Weird Al talk. Okay. Uh, so anyway, they come up with a great plan to defeat Brox, Brox, to defeat Brax, which is break all the rules. The comet's passing. The portal opens. Uh, that's when Jake remembers Brax has to heal sometimes. He slashes him with a sword. Nunchucks lady shoots him with an explosive dart. The interpreter tosses Jake a grenade, which he sticks into Brax's wound before it can heal, and then he kicks him into the portal just as the grenade explodes. Oh, yeah, they're just in time. The portal closes. Everyone is fine. And the Burmese fisherwoman, she says, Jake, you were born to do that and end a 2,000-year epoch, which is a new idea that has just been introduced (laughs) into the movie. Yeah. This is uh, that this is the end of, I guess, some sort of era of cosmic and mystical uh, revelation, mm -hmm. you know. I, I, yeah, it was hard to tell. Like, is did the explosion in the portal? Was it supposed to be that that destroyed the portal? Because there certainly was a very big uh, fireball for a uh-huh. grenade. Yeah, <laughs> like, classic grenade. Not a typical grenade thing in general, but uh, who knows? Who knows? It's yeah, I mean, man. I guess I guess we're living in what uh, what one A B after Brax. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's how we have to number everything. I'm still writing. I'm still writing A D on my checks, but I need to. I should be writing A, a B uh, on a, them. Terrible yeah. sitcom after Brax. <laughs> what happens on that Brax, sitcom? Uh, 
Uh, well, I mean, it's just, you know, they're peacefully living their lives uh, near the Remembering temple. Brax fondly. <laughs> I mean, it's kind yeah. of, most most sitcoms don't take place in a world where a, an alien has to fight jujitsu <laughs> with everybody. So I guess... Look, take it, it up with the producers of After Brax. I don't know what you're I guess so. Is. It's in like in the Big Bang Theory or Nurses <laughs> or Empty Nest, you don't suddenly have Brax show up and fight everybody. So, you know. <laughs> Okay, and uh, mm. and the interpreter starts. Choking I feel like around. of the three you mentioned, empty nest is the one that would that Brax would fit in the best. <laughs> you think so? Really, that yeah. him and Richard Mulligan would just be hanging out? Yeah. Or would they be fighting? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, considering okay, an old lady here jumps in with a shotgun to save everyone, save the day. Empty nest. He lives across the street from the Golden Girls. You could totally see uh, Dorothy just jumping in with a shotgun and blasting mm-hmm. Brax away, making a joke about how much he reminds her of his her ex husband, and then leaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I think we've all dated a Brax in our time, huh, <laughs> fellas? You guys know it. We've, we've all, all dated a couple yeah, of Brax. Can't always see their face because of vapor. Yeah. Unclear rules on how to kill them. Yeah, yeah. They're like Brax. Enough mind games. Just tell me what you need. Right. You know? <laughs> what uh, are we, Brax? What are we? <laughs> yep. Are you just chasing me around the forest the with years? shuriken? So you're chasing me with shurikens, and then when I need you to come with me to my grandma's funeral, you went through a portal to your home planet. Right. You're unreliable, Brax. You yeah. should conveniently show up every time the comet flies by. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but when I, when my biological clock is ticking, you're nowhere to be found. Maybe oh. this is eight simple rules for dating Black Brax. Yeah, or after Brax, you know, or before Brax. Anyway, so... Elliot's, J- Elliot's always talking about his biological clock on this show, Jordan. It's getting to be a little uncomfortable. Considering that you already have multiple children. I do, but my yeah. clock is really ticking, and my goal was to beat the Duggars and have 20, <laughs> 27 children, and I started late. So I really got to hurt. I'm, if I don't have 10 children in the next two years and then seven the year after that, I am not going to meet my quota. Stu, Dan, would one of you guys knock him up already? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Stick a baby in there, please. Yeah, or for 10 babies, preferably. Uh, so they call me Deca Mom. Anyway, there's 10 babies. So yep. the interpreter toasts the portal as they all walk out and says, see you in six years. Like, Because clearly he did not understand what the Burmese fisherwoman was saying. Because yeah. she made it very clear Brax is not coming back. She Well, no, but there was like, there were like, I think there was some debate. Like he was like, so does that mean it's over? And mm-hmm. it was like, who knows? Like, I guess now it's Depends on how this one performs. To- Watch over the world. I don't know. Um, hey, let's let's just do our final judgments. Whether this is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, a movie we kind of liked. Um, okay. For about the first half, I I will say it was a movie I kind of liked. I was like, oh yeah, this is like the the cinematography rides a line between innovative and goofy as shit, um, and uh, some of the. The fights are really fun. And then, like, I don't know, like, there came a point where I'm like, how is there still 40 minutes in this movie? Like, it really felt like the movie was winding down and I just sort of uh, lost steam. So, but it is fun to watch. Like, there's a lot of it that's very silly and Nicolas Cage is fun. And, uh, the, 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 you know, like if you want to see a bunch of CGI, like, dust fly everywhere... Uh, I guess I'll say good, bad movie for me. I mean, if you want to see CGI dust flying everywhere, it's either this or the Golden Compass. Those are your only two options. Yeah. Or old episodes of Buffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I'm going to say, I think this movie would have achieved, I, I really like Nicolas Cage in it. I feel like he brings a real verve to Wiley. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I found it just very, just very dull. Uh, I think I would have to call it a bad, bad movie. I think it would have found its best life as probably like a 15-minute YouTube 
in movie. And then I would have been mm-hmm. like, wow, that was some amazing fight choreography for this 15 minute YouTube movie. But as a, uh, as a movie movie, it didn't really hold my attention. Uh, I, maybe if there was more variety with the fights, maybe if Brax was a more charismatic villain, uh, maybe if Jake had more to him, maybe if Tony Jaw was the star, I don't know. I can't tell you. Yeah. We don't live in those yeah. alternate universes, uh, but didn't quite work for me. Stu, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, uh, so much of it is like a GoPro martial arts demo reel. Uh, I Nicolas Cage does add some much-needed uh, charisma to the film. Uh, and as somebody who consumes a fair amount of uh, cheapo martial arts movies, uh, I found this one to be pretty disappointing. Um, I would say... It's like it straddles the line between a bad, bad and a good, bad. And Nicolas Cage, I think, might edge it, edge it into good, bad territory. Mm, okay. And Jordan, you're the you're the deciding vote. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm. I'm. I'm aligned with Stu on this one. Um, I have not seen as many of those kind of cheapy red box martial arts movies, but I have seen a few of the Universal Soldier sequels, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which I think are a better version of this. Kind of just like fights for fight's sake, but they're very impressive and the, you know, leads have a little more charisma. Um, so I think if you're looking for kind of like, you know, just a fight soup to put on, um, those are probably better for that. But yeah, I think this has enough goofiness and, you know, it has that big cage performance we all love. I think there's better examples of this, certainly. You got your drive angries, you got your moms and dads, you got your Mandy's. Uh, All of those kind of give you this flavor of cage, but in a movie that's a little bit better. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I I had fun with it. I had fun kind of watching it for the purpose of goofing on it for this podcast so yeah yep. I, I i think i'll give it a, a, a slight good bad and definitely it gets points for being kind of an easy stream on netflix as opposed to something you have to yes. buy or rent that's so. true if you have netflix you might as well watch it because it's there yeah it is there <laughs> yeah I, remember, that's you mentioned- their business model Netflix, yeah. <laughs> Netflix, you're still subscribing to us. Listen, you're giving us the ten bucks. Do you guys ever see when they release like the list of like the ten most popular, most watched movies on the list? It's always these movies I've not watched at all. They're all like yeah. the big action movies. Well, yeah. A lot of except times for they, like Old Guard, which is great, but all well, the other ones of, are like, what did Adam Sandler make? Yeah, well, because a lot of that is also like people I think literally turn on Netflix and then just press play on whatever Netflix puts on display as like the ad on the main screen. So it, when Netflix is like our algorithm pick looks at what you've watched and picks the perfect thing for you. It's like, really? Cause it just always recommends whatever the big movie Netflix is pushing that week. Sure. Like, I don't know. There's nothing in my watch history that makes me think that, uh, the, the, uh, the, what was it? The, the crazy eights. What was the Western that he did? The goofy. Oh, eight? oh the ridiculous the six. Ridiculous. There's something like that. Ridi- yeah. Like a ridiculous seven. There's nothing in my watch history that makes me think I would want an Adam Sandler movie, but you're recommending it to me. So, I think it's a lot, or at least, uh, yeah, you're, you, you yearn for like an algorithm as tight and as personalized as your Pornhub algorithm. <laughs> I'm just saying it, even I, I try one thing once and then it sends me more of that thing, you know? And then of course yeah. it's a lot of QAnon stuff, which is exactly what I'm gonna, what I'm looking for. So, sure. uh, but it's QAnon porn. So, um, sure. The, where uh, we come one, we come all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what they say. One thing I will say about the Netflix uh, put the movie on the top and how it autoplays its trailer is the trailers are built to tell you everything that happens in the movie. So there was that movie where there's an architectural dig like behind a house in England uh, in the 1930s or something like that or the 1940s. And 
and my wife was like, this is exactly the kind of movie I would want to watch. And we watched the trailer for a few minutes and she's like, I think I just saw the movie. <laughs> like mm-hmm. and they, they showed me all the plot points. So thank you, Netflix, for saving us that time. And thank you, Netflix, for bringing us jujitsu. Prepare yourself for the greatest pro wrestling podcast spectacular known as Tights and Fights. A back-dropping audio showcase that helps you understand the world of pro wrestling with a lot of love and no toxic masculinity. Featuring host Danielle Radford. Time to kick butt and chew gum, and I'm all out of butts. Lindsay Cow. I'm a brutal Brit, and my fists were made to punch and hit. And Hal Loblin. I was doing the voiceover this whole time. Hear us talk about pro wrestling's greatest triumphs and failures. And make fun of its weekly absurdities. On the Perfect Wrestling Podcast. Tights and Fights. Every Saturday, Saturday, Saturday on Maximum Fun. Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we're the hosts of One Bad Mother, a podcast about parenting. Parenting is hard, and we have no advice. But we do see you doing it. Honk if you like to do it. (laughs) Didn't we have a bumper sticker a while back that was like, honk if you did it? That's what it was. I think it was honk if you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Why did we not ever make this? We did make them. I think they're still in the Max Fun store. (laughs) Honk, honk. You're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Biz. So are you. Each week, we'll be here to remind you that you're doing a good job. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. Hong Kong. Toot toot. The Flophouse is sponsored in part by Storyblocks. Storyblocks helps you bring your stories to life without sacrificing your vision. Storyblocks unlimited all access plan gives you unlimited downloads of the over 1 million plus assets in their library. Wow, 1 million plus. You can try out multiple options quickly and find the perfect fit. So you can create more and spend less. Stay on budget while telling the best version of your story with the most affordable subscription plans and tools on the market that scale to meet your needs. Restock is their commitment to increase representation in stock media by hiring creators from marginalized communities to create content that is more reflective of the diverse world we live in. Um, I use Storyblocks. I found it very easy to use uh, a lot of very high definition video mm-hmm. of whatever weird thing came into my mind that I wanted to find. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Explore their library and subscribe today at storyblocks.com slash flop. That's storyblocks.com slash flop. Yeah. The flop House is also sponsored in part by green chef. Now green chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every lifestyle. Now, uh, Green Chef is owned by HelloFresh, and I have, I've used HelloFresh in the past, um, but by being a part of it, they now have a much larger variety of options to kind of fit uh, whatever your diet or your dietary restrictions or whatever your lifestyle supports. Uh, I was excited to see that they have a carb conscious as well as a keto option because I find that keto uh, keto meal kits don't usually fit exactly what my wife and I like to eat. 
Uh, the ingredients all come pre-measured. Uh, they're perfectly portioned and prepped, so you don't actually have to spend that much time uh, working on that. You mainly just put things together, and like a lot of, um, if you've used a meal kit company in the past, it's a great way to uh, kind of expand your cooking experience and uh, and maybe learn some new things for when you're cooking at home. Uh, recipes are quick and easy. There's step-by-step -step instructions, tips, and photos to guide you along. So just head over to greenchef.com slash flophouse100, all uppercase, flophouse100, and use code, once again, Flophouse 100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. That's crazy. That's greenchef.com slash Flophouse 100 to get $100 off. Now, is that 100 the number or 100 in 100 the, the number. My, uh, my ah. mistake for not being clear. Uh, clear. Flophouse all uppercase, 100 the numbers. Not a mistake, merely an almost deadly oversight. Yeah. Uh, and we do have a <laughs> Jumbotron as well. It's Jumbotron time, everybody. This Jumbotron comes to us from uh, Mike Queller, and he says, The Weird Tales podcast provides weekly readings of weird fiction, Lovecraft, Arthur Machen, Clark Ashton Smith, et al., horror, and very occasionally sci-fi. Shocktober provides for longer works with a chapter every day during the month. Search for The Weird Tales podcast in iTunes and subscribe. That sounds like fun to me. It sounds like classic weird tales from the masters of the genre. <laughs> So, uh, hey, sometimes people write us letters and then we answer them on the show. And that's a segment that's, I don't know, called the Flophouse Mailbag, I guess. Mm -hmm. You can tell hey. Dan loves it from the energy he's bringing <laughs> to it. <laughs> hey, this one's from Kevin, last name withheld. Whoa, Sorbo. hopefully not Sorbo. Oh, oh no, it is boy. Sorbo, yeah. Hey, do you guys know God's not dead? <laughs> Follow me on Twitter. Uh, You'll like me more. <laughs> Hey, I think you guys are I making know. fun of me earlier in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I can take a joke. I can take a joke. Just know that I'll snap your necks. I've still got those Hercules guns. Yeah. <laughs> and those are, that, by that I mean the guns I bought while I was working at Hercules. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. That I used to shoot the Nemean lion. Uh, hey, floppers. Hey, how I know would guns it. help with the Nemean lion? I guess if you shot him you in the mouth. You shoot it in the eyeballs. <laughs> oh, in the eyeballs? Because it's the skin that's, the, that's super tough. Yeah, well, what Although, you do is you first, you you show them a picture of something very shocking, and the <laughs> Nemean lion opens its eyes super wide, and then you blast him. Here's what you do. You take the Nemean lion to see Red Hot Riding Hood performing at the nightclub. Right. <laughs> when he sees how sexy she is, his eyes will burst out of his head, and then he'll be yep. so busy pounding the table as his tongue unravels that uh -huh. you can just take your time in, in destroying him. Works with <laughs> yeah. the Hydra, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kevin writes, Hey, floppers, I know it's become a popular cliche to complain that Hollywood doesn't have any original ideas anymore. Even though I think pre people have probably been saying that since the concept of Hollywood became a thing. But as try as that sounds, I've been thinking lately about films that have potential to be good, but suffer too much from their connection to their, to the source material. For example, eh, pardon me, for example, I think I would have enjoyed the movie Joker a lot more if it had been the story of a failed comedian dealing with a murderous trauma-induced mental illness and didn't have to carry the burden of the Joker mythology. Or, in a different vein, I would have found The Greatest Showman more appealing as an ambitious musical about a fictional circus manager than a biopic about terrible human being P.T. Barnum. Plus, the creators could likely have made more interesting choices without them feeling out of place. 
I'm curious, do you all have movies that you wish had been disconnected from the larger stories that inspired them? Thanks for considering. Kevin, last name withheld. Well, I think, I, I think I've gone on record before on either this or other podcast and saying how I think Solo would have been a more enjoyable movie if it was not a Star Wars movie. The, almost the same movie, but you take out Chewbacca and you just change the characters' names, and then it wouldn't have all the pressure of being— It's basically like Ice a, Pirates then. <laughs> go, go for it. Sure. Okay, sure. Why not? That like to, to see a big budget like fun ice pirates. Yeah, I'll go for it. Whereas when you're watching Solo, you're like, okay, I have to see this because of Star Wars. Because by law, I have to see all the Star Wars content. And oh, this is they really need to explain to me why Chewbacca's nickname is Chewie, or like mm. why his last name is Solo. Like I don't need that. So I think it, I think it wouldn't have gotten made if it was not a Star Wars movie. But I think it would have been a more enjoyable movie if it was not. Carrying that freight, I I think I think you're you're totally right. I put on Solo the other day, and I'm like, this is kind of great. The the callback stuff is really is is clunky, certainly, but like, and you know, kind of groany humor. But like, everything that's not that in that movie is a blast. It, it's really fun. Yeah, I I feel like maybe Solo's under a bus unfairly, but that stuff is is pretty cringy. So I understand how it. Uh, kind of colored people's opinion at the movie. When all, and also the the whole, when they when they free all those droids and the droids are like, we hate work, we hate work, we're free. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, so like all the other characters are slave owners because oh, like, yeah, sure. if, without that scene, then it doesn't, the rest of the Star Wars series does not feel like the droids are are people who are basically against their will being, being forced to do jobs, you know? So it's, and, all, and you don't get um, the implication that Lando is like in love with a droid and but then keeps her alive beyond death in his, in his spaceship, <laughs> sure. which is weird. <laughs> like, uh, it just, it, if that, if a... Oh, so you never fucked a spaceship, Elliot? Oh, okay. Come yeah, on, so judgy, so fucking judgy. Well, you're, you're right. I've done it many times, and as Stuart said, my, my porn, porn hub algorithm is all <laughs> spaceship scenes. Sure. But, uh, mm-hmm. but I think it's like, I, would, I like that more as something that a new character that is weird does than Billy Dee Williams, who I'm supposed to think is cool, if morally gray at times. Sure. You know. Yeah. Uh, what What about you guys? Now that I picked the easy, easiest one, what do you yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously, mine's Passion of the Christ. Dan, yours? <laughs> <laughs> if it was just about some dude just getting <laughs> tortured, and that some, it was some wizard getting tortured. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, I don't really like a lot of them are things like, yeah, I think it's more tethered to, I, I think it's clear that I don't have a good answer for this because I'm, I'm, I'm hemming and hawing. And as Elliot points out, points out frequently, I've had the uh, letters much longer than anyone else, but um, this is not exactly appropriate, but I remember watching, I watched for um, a podcast guest appearance recently. I rewatched, the secret of Nim, uh, and this is not exactly the same thing, but I think I could accept the weird like magic stuff that gets shoehorned into the movie better if I didn't know that the source material doesn't have it. Like it's, uh-huh. it's such an unnecessary addition to the film that just is in there because you know Don Bluth's like this is an animated movie; it's got to have magic, but uh, it should so, like, just be in, a sci-fi in the, in the story. In the book, Nicodemus doesn't have like a magic viewing lens that he can see things with and things like that. Yes, which also appears to be electrical, so it's hard to say this is like weird magic hybrid thing that he's looking for. Love through, it. But yeah. Love it. No faults for me. 
Uh, it's a beautiful movie. I, I, I love it. But uh, I mean, the, Don Bluth is uh, here, and this is here's my hot take on Don Bluth is that wow, Don okay. Bluth was a great animator, not necessarily a great storyteller. Like not yeah. a guy who really fully understood story, but his anim- the animation is when he gets the budget that he needs is beautiful. You know, there's a reason he felt comfortable leaving Disney and starting his own company. You know, you know what's fun to more fun to watch on YouTube is a playthrough of Dragon's Lair. Sure. And Dragon's yeah. Lair 2. Those, I mean, cold take, those games fucking suck and were frustrating and <laughs> were just like quarter sucks in the in the but, arcade. But like, yeah. They're yeah. gorgeous. They're gorgeous. They're great, yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, put on fucking Dragon's Lair on YouTube and just like enjoy some visuals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe like mm. an upsettingly scantily clad princess that maybe shouldn't have been so scantily clad considering it was a game for kids. But, you uh, but know. hey, look. I, but if a kid maybe, gets that fucking far in the game, that kid's a, the, a grown up. <laughs> Let him see some cleavage. God damn it. He, he Don, put in 18 kids. bucks. Don Bluth was like, no kid's ever going to get this far. Don't worry about it. This yeah. is nude from a certain point on. Yeah. The knight's not wearing clothes, you know. Got to learn about princesses somewhere. Um, hey, yeah, Return of the is, Jedi, Dan. That's the place to right. learn about princesses not wearing enough clothes. Return of this, the Jedi. This uh, is, uh, is from a listener named Kelly, who writes... Kelly Rippa. Hey, hey Peaches. Kapowski. Inspired by your Kelly Rippa mini, Kapowski. Rippa was her maiden name, and Kapowski <laughs> is her married name. <laughs> inspired by your prequel mini and a recent Indiana Jones binge, I'm thinking about the unnecessary explanation of character traits that happens in prequels. Specific to Andy, I feel like having a snake phobia with no actual qualifying event (laughs) makes sense. I'm terrified of spiders and have never had an actual scary or bad encounter with one, as an example. He also could have just seen a hat and a leather jacket in a store and been like, that would look cool on me, and bought it. So my question for the letter, what aspect of your personality would you like to have, would have an unnecessary prequel explanation? Not to do Elliot's work for him, but like, I don't see the need for a prequel scene establishing why he loves Popeyes, but that works as an example for me. Mm. Say my name, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um. I, think, I, think, I think I would love to see an explanation as to why I have my famous eczema. <laughs> famous. Yeah, famous. <laughs> very famous for Tra- my Your eczema. trademark eczema, yeah. And I don't know, how did it happen? Um, did I... Uh-huh. Did I get into an accident at a dry skin factory yeah. when I was a kid? But you can't say it hasn't worked out for you. That I mean, all those ads you do for the egg council where it says can't spell eczema without eggs and you're holding uh-huh. an egg and your skin is all blotchy and everything. Oh, know? I've made uh-huh. millions on those. <laughs> yeah. It's put the I kids mean, you don't have through college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're looking for like a classic unnecessary one, then I think you can't do better than like being like, let's explain why Dan likes butts. I mean, mm-hmm. he is... He is a, a, a heterosexual man who is attracted to a secondary sex characteristic that many other heterosexual men are attracted to. Women's butts. I mean, men's butts also fine. Sure, yeah. A fine choice. Uh, uh, but um, but yeah, Maybe like when you were if, a kid, a butt pulled you out of a raging river. <laughs> exactly. I was going like, to say, save from drowning. Yeah. Or, or from a fire. It gave yeah. him mouth to butt resuscitation. <laughs> right. oh, and wow. so now I see it all because it's Dan's eye view. It's all it's black, but then it's all blurry. And and yeah. slowly the butt comes into focus. And yeah. Dan is just like, what? 
what? Mm-hmm. Huh? But then the butt, there's a there's a, a dog barking because the butt is, are, um, is, is running from the federal marshals. And the butt says, gotta go, and runs away. And Dana's just like, what was that? Did I dream? We are, we and the are federal marshals, into Ace Ventura territory here. <laughs> I guess you're right. The, the federal marshals stop. They go, kid, did it hurt you? Did it hurt you? And you he, and he go, no, it saved my life. What was it? And they go, it was a butt. And he goes, really? <laughs> <laughs> Take me home, Officer Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, obviously for me it would be my award-winning dimples and like maybe like uh, <laughs> like somebody like <laughs> I forgot when you swept the dimpies there. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, like some like when I was born, a doctor like like poked me with calipers or something to measure the circumference of my head. And that, the doctor was course. eating at the at the same time he's delivering you and accidentally picked you up with chopsticks and left a dimple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I think for me it would probably be my height. Uh, maybe uh-huh. there was like like Puck from Alpha Flight. I, maybe I was a normal sized human who some kind of magical yep. curse was put on me that made me less uh-huh. than average height. I think that could be it. Yeah. Uh huh. I, li- I like this magical realist take on the Flophouse <laughs> podcast. <laughs> get, get get Marquez on the phone. He can finally mm-hmm. write that Flophouse novel he's been begging us for all this time. <laughs> yeah. Finally. Thank you. Um. Hey, let's move on to recommendations of movies that you probably should watch instead of this. Put on after jujitsu. You know, <laughs> put it on instead. Um, Dan's just pulling up the old letterbox. I, right? I am pulling, <laughs> shut up. Dan, <laughs> do, you want one of us, the do you want one of us to do it while you're no, looking I mean, at your I, letterbox? Uh, uh, f- sure, Stuart, why don't you go? Yeah, I'm going to recommend another thing you can watch on Netflix. I'm actually going to recommend three things you can watch on Netflix. I'm going to recommend the Fear Street trilogy that just went up there. It's three horror movies uh, based on a series of books by Mr. R.L. Stein, Reginald Lincoln Stein. <laughs> uh, they are kind of like slashery movies and there's some supernatural elements and they have a ton of fucking needle drops. Uh, so if you want to hear music from uh, 1994 and the 70s, you are going to get a ton of those. But I found them to be a lot of fun. Uh, they, It was probably the most like fun I've had with a kind of a, a take on slasher uh slasher films in like a super long time. It doesn't feel like beholden to some like the grosser conventions of slasher movies. The most fun you've had since the hit comic book series, Maniac of New York. Since. Yeah. Which obviously Maniac of of New York buttered me up and got me excited about slasher stuff again. Um, And like Maniac of New York, it, uh, it is much, it's more fun than just the slasher stuff that it is, uh, you know, it is referencing. It's great. It's a lot of fun. And it's also super gory. I mean, this chick, oh man, there's a bread slicer part. It's so fucking gross. It's awesome. Thumbs up. Uh, Wait, does the thumb get cut off? No, I'm not spoiling it. I just already yeah. said bread slicer part. Yeah, don't spoil well, it. Does yeah, it sounds horrifying already. I had Stu go first just to make sure he wasn't going to recommend uh, what I was thinking about recommending uh, because we went out and we saw the movie together. We had a we had a movie date. Mm-hmm. We went Afternoon to the film forum and we saw Blue Collar, the mm-hmm. film. From uh, 1978, directed by and written by Paul Schrader. Yeah, director of Heartbeeps, right? Uh, (laughs) Yep, yep. Famed. He he went. He came right off of that to Heartbeeps. (laughs) Blue. They they saw blue. uh, uh, Andy Kaufman saw Andy uh, saw Blue Collar and said, "Get me that man. (laughs) He's making my robot love comedy." But but uh, 
a terrific cast. You got um, you got Yafet Koto, you got Harvey Keitel, you got Richard Pryor. Probably, I would say the the best performance from Richard Pryor we got to have. Like he's so good in this that you sort of wish that other people had used him as well but he was uh, unfortunately kind of ill-served in a lot of his movies but uh and i learned two things that richard Pryor without a mustache looks a little weird and harvey Keitel was fucking ripped dude yeah, he was. and he wears these like all the Tidy clothes whities. in the movie are amazing but he wears this fucking big mac t-shirt that like i would kill for yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean it is a movie that is a a, a polemic basically about how um you know capitalism screws the worker but yeah for for well, all luckily that luckily it's a real period piece it's no longer relevant to <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like but nine for, to five like that but for all that it is like for uh, uh being so overtly um political and having such a like clear moral that's basically literally stated at the end of the movie it is also very suspenseful and very funny and very full of life so uh blue collar is is great Blue Collar is a great movie, even though I was just thinking about it the other day because there's a scene where Harvey Cattell is going to bed and he's like, oh, I've got to go check something at work. And he leaves and has an all-night party with Yafet Koto and Richard Pryor <laughs> that he doesn't want his mm-hmm. wife to know about. And then he goes home in the morning. And I, and I just think about him being like, he must be so exhausted the whole next day. He got yeah. no sleep at all. And now he's going to go work in a, like a factory. Like he's a car factory. Cocaine. He probably drink yeah. two coffees. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna have so much mm-hmm. coffee. How much soda is he gonna drink? But anyway, it just it was one of the things where I was like, only in the movies. Because the mm-hmm. idea of going without the few hours of sleep I get would be just for the purpose of having a, a an orgy with my friends would be <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna say no, I need the sleep. <laughs> yeah, like Elliot in his twenties. Elliot's out yes for the so. orgy, it sounds <laughs> yeah. like. Aww. I guess it's just us. It'll just be <laughs> us doing some mouth to butt resuscitation. <laughs> well, tell me about it, I guess. Uh, I wanted to recommend a movie that uh, shares a name with a Nicolas Cage movie, since this is Cage's in July, but it is not a Nicolas Cage movie. That's right, Season of the Witch, not the Nicolas Cage one that we did on the Flophouse years ago. Uh, this is Season of the Witch, uh, also known uh, in some places under the title Hungry Wives, uh, not to be confused with Hungry Eyes, the song. Uh, and this is a George Romero movie from 1973. Uh, For a second, is, I thought you had gotten to see an early screening of Snake Eyes, which is also a movie. <laughs> that shares the name of the Nicholas Cage. Movie. <laughs> um, the yeah, it's because you know I love those GI Joe s- spinoffs. Um, yeah. So, uh, Season of the Witch is it's a George Romero movie, and it's a, a ostensibly a horror movie, but the horror in it is more about the suffocating lack of satisfaction that comes with being a housewife in the 1970s. Uh, This woman who has a teenage daughter and a husband who does not pay attention to her, she finds that her life has become kind of empty and meaningless, and she's having nightmares and eventually finds herself in dabbling in witchcraft and becoming a witch, joining a local coven. And I thought it was really great. The the horror stuff really takes a backseat but it still has this feeling of kind of like dread and ominous uh, tension to it. Uh, not only acting is amazing, that's fine, but uh, the movie was kind of like, I, I started thinking about it almost as a prequel to Hereditary. Like this is the story of the mom who has died oh, before cool. Hereditary starts and like how a woman like that gets into witchcraft because she needs it in her life, you know, basically. And so uh, I really enjoyed it and it's called Season of the Witch. But it's again, not the one with Nicolas Cage. It's the one from the 70s with Jan White. Jordan? 
Uh, yeah, so I saw a movie called uh, Let Him Go. This is Diane Lane and Kevin Costner. Uh, this was uh, released last year. It was kind of one of those uh, COVID dumps to streaming. Um, so it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Uh, it is now on HBO. Uh, it is terrific. Uh, one, of, one of the best uh, kind of recent movies I've seen in a long time. It starts out, it is a... Um, it is the story of uh, a husband and wife who this is kind of happens in the first couple minutes of the movie. They experience a loss, and the first half of the movie is like them dealing with the loss. It is very like, you know, high drama. It is not genre. It is just like it plays like a movie that would win an Oscar in 1996. Like it is just like a mm -hmm. sad older couple dealing with mortality. And then it turns into the classiest fucking taken movie you've ever seen. Like it just mm. pivots into being a thriller and it is so tense and so terrifying. And then it has this very like action packed, you know, the kind of final, you know, final act. Uh, and it kind of like gets campy in a way, like it gets campy in this really fun way. So you kind of uh, start out, you know, in this world of very like straight laced drama and it just takes you on a ride and it has a bunch of cool stuff. I won't spoil too much of it. I think it's, it's maybe best to go in uh, kind of cold, but just know that you're on in for a real genre ride. And uh, yeah, it's terrific. I really loved it. It's called let him go good, and uh, you can watch it on the HBO. Let him go sell. on the HBO. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember I had forgotten about that movie. I haven't seen it, but I remember hearing that it was good when it when it came out originally. Yeah, I'd like to watch that. So I, I have guess definitely... thanks for inviting me to watch it with you. No, I'm sorry, Elliot. Do you want to come over tonight? I'm watching Bloodshot. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing the I'm doing the dumps to streaming movies of 2020. Uh, maybe not that one. Um, All right, I'll call you for Trolls World Tour. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, that... Jordan, thanks. Oh yeah, Dan. Oh, I just uh, Trolls World Tour. Wonderful to watch Stone, first of all. Number two, let him go. Uh, I've definitely like scrolled by it and thought, maybe? And now you've pushed that over to a yes. But also, I was going to thank you as Elliot was about to thank you. But I also wanted to, like, I know you're here in part to promote Bubble. And I want to tell you the fuller version of the story that I told you over text. I was like, I'll save this because uh, this is good good podcast and con okay, content. Okay, we're all warmed up, Dan. Um, no, I... <laughs> So I recently this, went this back. This is a new segment of the show called Dan's Continues a Personal Conversation on Air. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to tell the story of that uh, Wikipedia chunk you sent us where it uh -oh. synopsizes this movie and says that the hero fights with his limbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, read the whole Wikipedia summary for Jiu-Jitsu yeah. is written uh, in a wild uh, fashion. But no, I was going to say that um, I know you're here in part to promote uh, Bubble, your uh graphic novel that you wrote uh but i based recently... on the hit max fun podcast of the same name yes listen to it and wherever you get your podcast and also buy bubble in bookstores now yes exactly and also I... maniac of new york while you're at the bookstore and while you're at the bookstore <laughs> why not take a look at uh, let me read some blurbs hold on a second uh no oh, bubble, God. bubble is and when uh, when a, you guys are done show. at the yeah. When you're done at the bookstore, go to maybe Hinterlands Bar or Minnie's Bar, you know, <laughs> yes, buy the most expensive Brooklyn, get options. On a plane, head over there. Yeah. Uh, but Bubble, I was a big fan of the podcast. I have not read the graphic novel yet, but I'm really excited to do so. Um, yeah. Everyone should go pick it up. Yeah. Thank don't, you. Don't just pick it up. Take it to the register. 
hand the money for it, and then take it home with you. But make sure it's enough money to cover the cost of the book. This Don't just hand, hand them two or three dollars. Good point. Yeah, or like uh -huh. monopoly money. They're not going to accept that. And nope. if you give them a hundred, get your change. Uh -huh. <laughs> make sure, make sure to much, open. Get the, get the extra back. Guys, Make sure to open the door or you won't be able to leave the bookstore. Dan, Dan, listen, I'll say that. Listen, I want to, Dan, do the anecdote and then I'll say the premise of the book and then we can do okay. whatever else you do on the podcast. Yeah, no, Dan is, <laughs> I, I, now I wish Dan hosted the Tonight Show so he'd be like, so you're here to promote this movie. I want you to tell me the premise of the movie. But first, you remember I was going to tell you about this thing I <laughs> saw good. today. This is, I, th I like where I this is going. I did invite, I did help. not invite the premise. I, I had a very, like, anyway, the anecdote. I will. This is not, fun. It's a personal way in for people. Anyway. Burning Dan. a hole in my mouth is. Uh, <laughs> tell us that Danticdote. No, I, I. <laughs> I went home uh, recently to Central Illinois to visit my parents, um, and I had taken Jordan's uh, book with me uh, in the hopes that I would, you know, like that might be a little plane reading. Um, and uh, and I was flying back home from the Bloomington Normal Airport, which is a very tiny regional airport, and my bag got selected by for random uh, screening, perhaps because of the. CPAP tube in my uh, luggage, yeah. maybe the uh, coin collection from my grandfather that was being sent mm, home. I don't know yes. what it was, but um, in the course of this random screening, we got another coin bomb. Take him out of here. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> the TSA agent pulled out bubble, was thumbing through it, and said, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't know they did a a, a graphic novel of this. I loved this podcast." And Audrey said, "Oh, that's a, our friend wrote that." And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, a Max Fun subscriber. I listen to a lot of shows. I listen to Adventure Zone, uh, Bim Bam too. I'm like, and Audrey's like, yeah, we know those guys too. And the guy goes, okay, well, here you go. <laughs> and, uh, and Audrey's like, you listen to all the important shows on the network, all the best shows. You don't need to listen to anything else. So, but anyway. Yeah, I think the you lesson were... here is that uh, Bubble, the new graphic novel available now, is a great way to, uh, you know, smuggle heroin through the airport because <laughs> uh, the TSA yeah. agent will be so busy looking at the beautiful art by Tony uh -huh. Cliff, mm -hmm. the wonderful yeah. colors by Natalie Reese, they won't notice. As, as you gesture and the drug mules that you have, not even swallowing the, the balloons full mm -hmm. of heroin, but just holding them. Right. And mm -hmm. yeah. Tossing them to each other like footballs as they pass yeah, by because I mean, TSA is too busy flipping through this beautiful book. Yeah, and you just wrap those heroin bricks up in Flophouse t-shirts and they're basically invisible to the TSA. <laughs> yeah, the TSA is Doesn't like, no, care. thank you. Not familiar. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Bubble. Uh, I should say I co-wrote the graphic novel with a, a great comedy writer named Sarah Morgan. She worked on the podcast. Um, it is a sci-fi comedy. It is set in kind of a near future where everybody lives in kind of a domed city. Would you call it a bubble? I would, Elliot, yes. Uh, uh, it's uh, it, Listen, there's some... Some less than subtle symbolism in the book. <laughs> it has some uh, obvious satire that we think everyone will enjoy. Uh, the characters kind of work as part of this life or death gig economy where they have to slaughter monsters using this Uber-like app. There's uh, a lot of sex jokes, a lot of gore, a lot of monsters, a lot of friendship. And uh, yeah, I, I think people will like it. If you, if you heard the podcast, hopefully there's enough kind of new stuff and changes to, to keep you interested. Uh, of course, I mentioned that beautiful art by Tony Cliff and those beautiful colors by Natalie Reese. Um, but also, if you've never heard the podcast, uh, it's it's not necessary. There's no, um, you know, no, 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 
information required to enjoy Bubble. But also, if you're a Max Fun fan, there might be some fun little cameos in there. Oh, but you're saying this Whoa. is not a Southland Tales style multimedia saga <laughs> where you need to listen to the podcast and read the comic to understand it. This couldn't be more different than the brilliant film Southland Tales, <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no required other media to ingest. Uh, Bubble, it's out there. I think uh, I, it's fun to talk to the to the Flophouse about this particularly because uh, I, I can take a wild guess and assume that Flophouse listeners have a relationship with their local comic book store mm-hmm. and or indie bookstore, mm-hmm. which is a, a great place to get it. You can get it anywhere, but uh, those are uh, better places to get it. Sounds great. Well, I can't wait to get to pick up my own copy. I apologize, I haven't picked it up yet. It just came out. It just came out. Listen, it's been out for a couple weeks. A couple weeks, then there's really no excuse. And I do, I did go to a bookstore, and they said we got bubble in, and I said, "Eh," and I just walked outside. Where's that Kevin Sorbo collection of tweets? (laughs) (laughs) The bound collection of Kevin Sorbo tweets. And I want the leather bound edition. (laughs) You gotta get the leather bound. I want it to last. This is something I'll be handing down to my children. Yeah, that's gonna be his Zola. They're gonna adapt his (laughs) tweets. (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, well, anyway, thank you so much, uh, as always, for uh, dropping by. Yeah, always a pleasure. Great to be here. Thanks, everybody. Um, thank you to our editor, Alex Smith, for doing fine work for us, making us sound good uh, and producing the show. And uh, thank you to Maximum Fun, our network. Go over to MaximumFun.org for more podcasts. Uh, like Bubble. Like Bubble. Mm-hmm. Why don't you listen to that one, you jerk? Uh, but for hard, hard sell, very hard sell. As you're being very hard on the listener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the flop house, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. Hey, I'm Jordan Morris, and I had a great time being here. Praise Brax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys have something for this? Uh, I, I do. If, I do. Uh, okay. It's not much, but. On this episode, we discuss Jiu-Jitsu. From the visionary director who's also the producer of Hard Bodies 2. Wow. Factually accurate. This guy goes deep. Wow. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.